This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Malia White, real-life bosun and cast member on Bravo's Below Deck Med. Working in my industry can be very interesting. These are my stories. As you'll find out, my world is a total ship show. Hey guys, welcome back to Total Ship Show. I'm Malia. I'm Amanda. Uh, thanks for following along this season so far. Um, this is kind of our podcast about pulling back the curtain in my industry. And with the show, with Below Deck, you get to see a lot of the glamorous side of it. And I kind of just want to show the raw, like the roughness of this industry, like not just yachting, the, you know, commercial side, you know, we mm. spoke to tugboat, you know, like all, all the, all yeah. the fun, different sides. Yeah. And not like, just the white glove. Yeah. So today's <laughs> episode is really, so we're going to call it the danger episode. Um, And I kind of just want to talk about the other side to yachting where it is quite dangerous. It is quite a dangerous field to work in. It can be. We try to make it not. But Mm -hmm. um, and this isn't just yachting. This is also commercial realm as well. But um, so, yeah, like first accidents, accidents happen at sea a lot. Mm -hmm. And there's a variety of them. So you've got like, you know, collisions, fires, Pirates. Pirates wow. are still a thing, believe it or not. Yeah, that yeah. is crazy. That is wild. I can't wait to hear more about that. But it's such a physical job. I mean, I feel like accidents probably happen all the time. Like, you, ha- your number one role is safety. So I would imagine that there's so many things that could happen that would result in somebody getting injured. or Yeah, and if you think about it, you know, like, on deck especially, our job is to run this equipment, which is, you know, huge anchor windlasses. We're constantly, you know, tenders, toys. And, you know, we call them toys, but they're not. You know, you've got big jet skis coming in. You've got all these flyboards with, like, propellers and stuff. Like, right. it's quite dangerous. Yeah, a I lot. can't imagine. Yeah, so one that sticks out, um, just kind of an example So Super Yacht Ocean Victory is a 140-meter boat, so it's massive, massive. Um, And it had a pretty big accident a few years back, but uh, basically he was a very experienced crew member. He wasn't green. He knew what he was doing. He was on deck. Um, And they were just picking up the anchors, which is something that we do every day. We drop and we pick up anchors. You know, that's... It's for an experienced crew member. It's something that's, you know. Is that when you guys are like turning the thing to pull the anchor like back onto the boat? Yeah, except this is not the 50s. We have <laughs> electric windlasses. 
Oh. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, oh, when we're turning the, releasing the brake or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can, I thought you yeah. meant like actually pulling in the oh, anchor. Oh, no. Well, I would imagine they're a bit heavy for that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they were pulling up the anchor, which is something we do quite often. And, you know, in my, my own job right now, it's something that's done like off the back of my hand. You know, obviously we know it's always dangerous because it's a huge anchor chain. Um, but yeah, they were they were they had been at anchor. They were the boat was located in Phuket, Thailand, um, and they wanted to move anchorages for the day. So they started pulling up the anchor, and something happened, and the anchor something inside the like the uh, windlass, like the motor that pulls the anchor back up. Is that what the windlass yeah, is? Yeah, okay, basically. Um, as they were pulling it up, something had snapped on the inner part, and obviously the crew couldn't see it. It's a, it's an enclosed anchorage system, so they couldn't see it. They didn't know what was going on, and him and another crew member were there to pull up the anchors, and suddenly the anchor started free spooling, which means it's just running wild, like dropping so quickly. Um, and they tried to put the brake on, they made several attempts to put the brake on and failed. And the bitter end, which means it's the very end of the anchor chain, mm-hmm. came out and um, made contact with the crew member and literally almost sliced him in half at the legs. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Wow. And Did he you survive? Know, Unfortunately, no, this was a loss of life incident. And he, you know, this is a very experienced crew member. It was something that happened so probably so quickly because literally, you know, I've had anchor chains that run before and it's just, it's a matter of seconds before something goes from being in control to out of control. Yeah. And so it was like a mechanical issue. Like it could have happened to anybody. Yeah. Like just a wasn't his Some fault, wasn't a crew member's of, fault, yeah, wasn't, wasn't human error. Was not human error, no. Wow, a, part so of, a part inside the winch broke mm-hmm. and the chain just free spooled and the bitter end whipped him and basically cut it, severed him at the legs. Yeah. Oh my god. And of course, you know, the boat is then in Phuket, Thailand. Huge loss of blood, trying to get him off the boat to medical facilities and yeah, so a lot of the times one, we work with this equipment, this dangerous mm-hmm. equipment. And two, we're in remote places in the world that are sometimes difficult to get the best medical yeah. attention. Well, and plus like that, like you have to be, I would imagine you would need to be like seconds from a hospital to survive something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and the, and so the where I'm getting this information is called an MA, MAIB report. And basically anytime there's an accident or incident at sea, it gets investigated, a report gets drawn up about basically what could have been done differently or, you know, well, first of all, first of all, like whose fault was it? Was it someone's fault? Was it human error? Mm -hmm. And so these incidents get like very seriously investigated and reports get made and that's, and then we get them and we, you know, any good bridge team goes over these reports and they say, okay, this is real. This is happening in our industry. Right. So it's sort of like a way for you guys to do like, a continuing education, like, yeah. hey, this stuff could happen, like, just being aware of what the possibilities are. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, sometimes you can look at it and say, oh, this is what I would have done in that situation, but 
you know, in that time, it, things happen so quickly. I mean, imagine how quickly an anchor chain runs yeah. and how... How heavy are they? Like for a, for a massive, like boat of that, that size. size, it would have been ma- like tons. It w- it's massively heavy. Wow. You know, yeah. and it's huge. The chain is huge, like this yeah. big, you know. And who investigates them? Like, is there like a board of experienced like captains and engineers that do that? No, it's or? a whole, the MAIB is like a whole branch in the UK like that actually oh, investigates wow. it. And the coast, so in, I guess, relative to the states, it would be the US Coast Guard would be gotcha. kind of our investigative branch. Gotcha. And, but yeah, maritime agencies investigate this and then these reports get made and sent out. Wow, that's mm-hmm. interesting. And how do they determine, like, is it whichever coast they're closest to is the one that's responsible um, for investigating that type of accident or well, I think like I think for example like the MAIB that that would be just any UK registered boat it might be oh, registration I see okay that like in sense. the US the Coast Guard would yeah and then they're public records so like you mm-hmm. you guys can go on there look at any yeah, recent accidents and, and be up. like okay let's kind of talk about this sort of like do like a case study a little yeah. bit with your team okay mm-hmm. yeah that yeah that makes sense yeah and then you know like more so that that that's a that's an incident that happened super unfortunate and that that's not common i wouldn't say that that but that's just goes to show you how drastic it can be. Right. And more of the like day to day would be, you know, we hear of degloving. Oof. And that's something almost every deckhand or like captain or something has some story of deck crew, like whether wearing a ring or getting their finger caught like in a line and it just completely rips the finger off or the skin off and like Jeez. that's unfortunately pretty common on deck. Are there gloves or anything you guys can wear to protect your I mean commercial guys do they wear they wear gloves quite yeah. a bit but on a yacht you know you're not wearing and a glove wouldn't really help so much when the line tightens down really yeah. hard I mean it might give you yeah. some protection but again we're not we're oh, not wearing gosh. like gloves all yeah, the time that gives me the creeps mm. ouch yeah and then I think like another big one is so ever you know you see these super yachts all in port they're all docked they've got these beautiful like passerelles and for you or anyone who doesn't know the passerelle is just the name for like the boarding ladder that we use to get on and off mm. like the little ramp let's got call it, it okay. or the stairs that you see right up to the yacht yeah so at night when we're in port usually you lift the passerelle a little bit this is to prevent people who shouldn't be coming on board to mm-hmm. come on board of course the boat gets locked from head to toe you know right. all the exterior doors at a certain time and typically for crew how it works so like let's say on my boat we get locked the doors get locked at a certain time at night and that's everything top to bottom mm-hmm. you can either have some boats have like access codes they have spare keys they have you know however whatever that the crew member has access to but basically at that point of night it's your responsibility to get back in safely Mm -hmm. and I can't tell you how many times like I've witnessed like we just had to do an incident report for someone on my boat for passerelles but like crew members trying to get back on board whether Mm -hmm. intoxicated or not but they're trying to get onto the passerelle and they slip and fall or, yeah. you know, they hit their head because the pastor, like, 
yeah because it's wet and yeah wet or there's like a big gap and they think they're gonna make it so they try to jump instead of calling someone to lower the passerelle yeah. or like yeah gotcha. they fall or another big one is like people trying to jump from the dock onto the stern like onto the swim platform Ugh. yeah it's just and that's yeah. you know dangerous and yeah. crew mistake that's human error a bit but right it's sad what are we doing in omaha we're making a podcast a few of my friends have done podcasts like just kind of on their own or out of their basement and i think like i wasn't prepared to do it that way because i don't know the first thing so kind of having heard at behind me and behind us like made the process so much smoother and easier because had I had to do it on my own, it would, just wouldn't have happened. Yeah. They can kind of do everything. So media, graphics, coming up with music for the show, like they just did the whole package. Yeah. First of all, you got to find a name. What is that? You got to get that right. name approved. Is anyone else using that? Is it going to oh be catchy? Gosh, yeah. Having oh. help with scheduling. Like I can barely get my own schedule going, let alone try to schedule people for yeah. interviews. and. Right. You know, a lot goes into that side of things, so having that help and support is, yeah, yeah it's unmatched. Right. Huge thank you to her dad, that uh, I wouldn't be here without them. I couldn't have done it without yeah. them. And then like, I'd say like the most, co well, not the most common, but accidents at sea, like when we're actually navigating and things are collisions. Mm -hmm. And you, you look at the ocean, like this still on like an Atlantic crossing and stuff, I'll look out and I'm like, you know, you don't see another boat for days. Mm -hmm. And you're like, how do these big ships, like you, it's not so, so common in yachting. You hear more like commercial tankers or yeah. um, cargo ships colliding. Right. But you look out and you're like, how are boats actually colliding? How are they colliding? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that that's funny. You actually, it's more, that part's more human uh, error. It's yeah. someone in the bridge isn't paying attention. Or I'll say that it's probably a lot of ego as well. Like, not knowing who's the stand-on vessel, who's the giveaway, or just ego gets involved and they're, I'm the stand-on vessel, so I'm not going to do anything. You know, oh that kind gosh. of thing. Yeah, um, that's crazy. Actually, yeah, and I would say, you know, like other collisions that aren't so much human error, but we also have failures, like electrical mm -hmm. failures and mechanical failures. So just recently, um, it made headlines everywhere but motor yacht go just crashed into a dock in st martin and you know people looked at it and they were like oh that captain how could that have happened whatever but actually it turned out it was a failure in the bridge mm -hmm. and they had no control um and actually the way the captain handled it is you know they he did a, an outstanding job because they limited the amount of damage no one got hurt no one no one died or anything, wow. but it just slowly crashed into a dock. And imagine you have this, you know, massive motor yacht worth millions and you yeah. have no control on the bridge and it just slowly. Um, another collision that just happened with a yacht, which is not very common, and I'm bringing it up because it, it literally just happened and made headlines, but the 63 meter yacht Utopia, they just collided with a gas tanker. So this is at night, 10 o'clock at night, it's dark. The yacht was actually underway with guests on board. Yeah. And it collided with a gas tanker. tanker. So was yeah. there an explosion? Or? No, 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 it, it kind of rear-ended the tanker. And basically what happened, 
So the unofficial story, because the report isn't out yet, but the unofficial okay. story, and if I get it wrong, we'll fix it later, but the unofficial story is that the bridge of Utopia, the bridge team, didn't see the tanker. They said it was not well lit. Mm. Like it didn't have its proper running lights wow. or anchor lights. I don't, I'm not sure if they were moving or not moving, but basically they ran into the aft of the tanker, but they actually sank the tanker, completely sank it. Yeah. That's and the, wild. Yeah, the yacht has quite a bit of damage. Uh, but, you know, like, you've got guests paying a charter. You have charter guests on board. Yeah. And you just hit a tanker at night. That's crazy to think about. But with that being said, I have been in the bridge, and you'll look out, and you'll be like, oh, there's just a tiny little light there. It must be, like, a small fishing boat or something or whatever. Right. And then this massive tanker is there. Yeah. You know, because they have their forward mass light and then their mass light, and you... Yeah, you may, might only have seen one, or you're right. only picking up on one, so you thought it was a lot smaller, or whatever. Wow. I know, it's these things that you don't think about, like, this stuff can happen. You know, another one, you know, pirates. Pirates seem to be this, like, thing that you hear about in movies or whatever, but they still exist. Where do they still exist? Well, okay, so, well, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, <laughs> they, all parts, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say all parts of the world, but the Caribbean still off the coast of Africa very much, so, you know. Yeah, and um, what's, like, the actual, like, definition of a pirate? Ooh, I don't know. Good Is question. it, does it, like, I'm wondering, like, the, you know, if you're calling someone a pirate, does that mean that they're trying to like capture the boat, capture people, steal from the boat. Yeah, so I would say modern day piracy is more about ransom, like okay. trying to gain money. It's not mm. about like, I guess it's pirates are usually depicted as like yo ho, you know, and like right. these big ghost ships and things. Yeah, that's that's not really accurate. It's more, you know, I would say probably desperate people that are trying to hold either crew or the boat or the goods that are on the boat Got it. for ransom. Interesting. So like, do they put the boats in like dangerous situations where they're like, right, you, we, I don't know, like, do they try to capture? Well, okay. Boat? So for example, just recently, December 13th, um, 2021, a oh, pirate attack. Recent. Yeah. So a container ship in the Gulf of Guinea um, the pirates, basically they have these little skiffs, which... What's a skiff? <laughs> a skiff's a tiny little boat, basically, okay. if you think like a little open one-motor boat, okay. basically. But the thing about them, so you have this massive container ship, right? And you yeah. think, oh, well, how can that get taken by pirates? Well, the thing is, the container ship is slow, for one. It's slow, and it's not as maneuverable. So then you have pirates on these skiffs that are super fast and super maneuverable. So the pirates get on these boats and they go and they attack the container ship. And we do have ways to fight them off. Every boat does, you know, like you use fire hoses or some boats have fire hoses. Yeah, you use the water. You shoot the wow. water at them. Yeah, to deter them. Some boats oh have armed gar armed guards on board yeah. that can, you know, use weapons. But um, in this instance, the skiffs came alongside and they got on and they held a crew of six hostage. Do they the have weapons ship. too? Like, do they show up with weapons usually? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. And like, I'd say it happens more in the commercial realm, like container ships, cargo mm -hmm. ships, and they want whatever 
you know, because they know the that corporations, they've got millions, sometimes billions of dollars of goods mm -hmm. on these ships. So they're going to pay a small ransom to get their ship right. back. But I love hearing about like this, you know, like the commercial captains and like the stories yeah. from these big commercial boats because, yeah, I mean, like the yachting, it's like you're you're taking people on there, you're providing safety, but you're providing also like a service for them and mm -hmm. hospitality. And these other stories are just so fascinating. You know? And just like a reminder that this, before we're like debt crew, before we're stewardesses, before we're anything, we're, you know, we're seamen. We signed up to be, mm -hmm. you know, at sea. So right. safety of life, and that's our first priority. Right. So. Wow. Well, that's wanna, the danger episode. The danger episode. Jeez, very interesting. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, are you ready for your fan questions? I am. Let's okay. dive into them. All right, cool. So um, from Samantha, what has been your best and worst experience? Oof. My best experience is probably um, diving in the Galapagos. Mm -hmm. I got to do, yeah, I was fortunate enough to be on a boat that went into the Galapagos and like... That was just a once-in-a-lifetime experience for me. Mm -hmm. Hopefully not once. I want to go back. It was yeah. amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, getting to go to the Galapagos. My worst, oof. I don't know. My worst is probably, like, like a combination of just missing certain events, you know, like missing family yeah. events that have meant a lot and I haven't been able to be there. Yeah. Um, that's kind of, that hits me hard. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, okay, so from Katie Mick, how does it work to become captain uh, based on hours put in, test passed, charters done, all of it? Yeah, so to become a captain, I mean, to get your first license, which is like a six-pack, which is, you know, like a smaller boat or like your powerboat level two, you don't need much time for those. Um, but then as you want to work your way up in tonnage, you have to have a certain amount of hours at sea, a certain amount of hours spent in the bridge, um, and then, yeah, there's lots of schooling. So you do your, like, 100 ton, your 200 ton, and then you've got to get, you do specific courses like GMDSS, NAV and Radar, ECTIS, and these are all very specific courses to learn about the equipment in the bridge. Mm -hmm. And then once you pass all those tests and you've get enough hours, then you sit your final exam, and that's kind of how you become a captain. But then, obviously, it depends on size, so as you work your way up, the exams get a little harder. Right. <laughs> all right. From Emmy Gray, um, how are you compensated like tips wise, she said she knows it's even, but basically like how is a first stew compensated versus a second stew? And yeah, so I get this question thing. a lot also. Um, so we are on, I'm on a salary. Like oh, okay. I get paid monthly for my normal job and then tips are a bonus. Oh, okay. Um, so it's sort of based on experience, size of the boat, like yeah. what the owners want to pay. Yeah, so size of the boat first off is gonna be most important. Um, and then, but you know what, what I'm about to say is not accurate for every boat. Every boat is different, but mm -hmm. typically, if I'm saying stereotypically, you know, the bigger the boat, maybe the higher the salaries range, but then it goes by rank, it goes by experience, mm -hmm. it goes by what you kind of bring to the table, what you, what you put in, mm -hmm. but we get salaries and then tips are a bonus and then you know, sometimes boats offer like a 13-month bonus. Sometimes they offer like a Christmas bonus. It kind of all depends who you gotcha. work for. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. From Norin, D.C., 
Um, a satisfying moment in your career where all of your hardship and your struggles really paid off? That's a great question. That is. Um, satisfying moment. I think, um, hmm, it's tough. But I think maybe just recently with kind of stepping out from Boson into an officer and kind of knowing that I'm about to make this big, you know, accomplishment in my life, it's really satisfying and kind of finally feeling like I fit in, like this is my career mm -hmm. and I've kind of made it in my career and I'm happy and um, hopefully going to be successful in it. Like, yeah. I like think you're that's seeing like satisfying. five years of hard work and, you know, training yeah. and classes and experience, like finally paying off in your title. That's exciting. Yeah. 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 And I think having my brother's you know, my brothers are so excited about it. And, like, finally having, like, my family be like, okay, this is, it's yeah. not just a reality show. This is a career. Right. And Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right, from S. Lindback, um, is it true that it's impossible to be a deckhand if I'm partly colorblind? No, not at all. You can still be a deckhand. Um, but where colorblindness comes, um, where that comes, like, to be a fault is with watch keeping, so you can't hold a navigational watch. But I do think that there are ways around this. I think if you are in the bridge with someone else that's, I don't know, I'll have to look at it, but I know that, um, yes, you can be on deck, you can be a deckhand, you can be an engineer, you can work on yachts if you're colorblind, that's for sure. I know this because my boyfriend is colorblind. <laughs> um, but the, I think there are some restrictions, but there are ways around it too, so mm -hmm. don't let it stop you. All right, awesome. That's a good one. Those yeah. are some good fan questions. Um, for everyone that's following along, keep following. It's just going to keep getting more exciting um, with people that we interview and stories that we dive into. Follow Total Ship Show on all social media channels. Um, and yeah, just stay along for the stories. A Huda Media Production.